Hey, this is Caleb, and this is part two of the Brian Golden interview. What's up? Hey, Brian, how are you, man? Simon Birch. <laughs> Simon Birch. That is incorrect. Well, you, didn't you say that your wife forced you to watch more movies because she was visual? Um, I plead the fifth on anything negative about my wife. <laughs> uh, you didn't say it was negative. You just said oh, uh, a she lady was more into who I movies. may have been intimate with. <laughs> No, I, you know, she was very visual, and it's, uh, she let, it's, uh, Maybe it wasn't forced, met. per se. No, I, um, we... Well, what did she yeah, like she to watch? Met. What did you watch with her? She likes whatever, like, all kinds of movies and stuff, so she just liked the whole thing of watching movies. It's, like, her well, stress relief, and she just loves movies. Name one. One movie? She, yeah, which well, one? The one Die Hard, she loves the movie. Really? Yeah, wow, not, movie. not the, what I thought you would uh, the say. The Born Identity movies? Wow. She, Likes actions. Yeah, the Die Hard series, the Born Identity movies. So she likes really ripped guys with abs. Well, you've you, seen me, so yeah. Hello. <laughs> no, clearly. She likes um, that movie with the... Good. Oh, Alan Rickman, Rust in Peace. She, he was oh, a good actor. True story. Yeah. yeah. He was good. Good bad guy. That was the Fox uh, building in Westwood. Not Westwood. Maybe Westwood. Mm-hmm. Somewhere down there. The Fox Bill. That's, that's where, where they shot it. <laughs> no, no, that's where they shot Die Hard. Oh, that was the famous building. It was under. No. You're talking about filming. He died of L cancer. Uh, you should make fun of it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, he. Um, she. Uh, she she liked thought, uh, films. She just loved films. Yeah, that's what you did on dates. No. Went to the movies. Nope. No? no? Where did no. you meet your wife? Uh, we... Kalua. 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 Kona. Kai. Kai. Lua. Lua. Yeah. Uh, Kona. So... In Hawaii, guy, guy, guy. That's it. In the island of Hawaii. We met... Um, nice. You have to be louder, though. We met... And lean in to the mic. And what we used to love to do was to walk down to the there's a seawall and watch the sunset oh it's very lovely and how romantic we had a very romantic mm-hmm. uh, engagement process yes lean in lean in <laughs> lean on me when you're not strong I think all of our singing in the first podcast friend. was sufficient When you need a friend, lean on me. We own. Anyways, I don't know the words. That does. Yeah, knowing the words helps. We all need. Anyways. Somebody um, to lean. Can I tell you a story? You can tell me a story, Kat. Okay, so last night after we had our conversation. Oh, I know where this is going. You met uh, a Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, uh, star man. I was trying to bury the lead, but you just went right out there and sorry. And spoiler Taylor, alert! What the heck happened last night? <laughs> well, we went to Del Taco. That's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, it was yeah, Del yeah. Taco. My mom's yeah, because yeah. that was delicious. It was delicious. Del Taco. It's a novelty. Um, no. So I went to Starbucks to do some reading. 
I'm not sure where you understand if, what novelty means if you think Del Taco's a novelty. <laughs> it is, because it's a special occasion. You don't go to Del Taco very often, because it's further away. Novelty is like novelty. when you go to a baby special. shower and you order a vagina cake. It's a... It's a <laughs> That's a novelty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking bachelorette party, but I guess that would make more sense. No, it's they that have the, a similar, If it was a dick cake, it would be a no, bachelorette no, yeah, okay. party, maybe. Yeah, but vagina cake. It's, <laughs> I was at a... Uh, Go to many half, baby showers, do you? I've avoided them most of my life, but I went to half of one, and it's... And well, you had five kids. Was, That's it, at least five. Right, so I know I went to half of one. One. It wasn't my wife's. It wasn't your own kid. And uh, I've never wanted to go since. So I went, and they were, it was kind of over, like, in a couple of ladies. My wife, I went to get my wife, and she was there with a few of the ladies sitting around after it was kind of done. But they were still having conversations, so I kind of was like, hey, they're like, hey, I sat down, and they were finishing their conversation. And honest to goodness, they were talking about their spouse's Dicks. dick size. Wow. Yeah. As you do. And so I was like... <laughs> You're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is... Exi- I can't... That's like what you would, in your worst dreams, think they would somehow... You saw attack. the measurements and you felt woefully inadequate and you're like... Um, I would never want to gonna, be... If, if it gets around to me, this is bad news bears. Yeah, it's right. So I'm at Starbucks doing some reading. And I recognize this No, guy. that's a novelty. That's a novelty. I go to Starbucks all the time. No, they're... they're <laughs> reading. All, reading. Reading is the novelty, yeah. There we go, there we go. Man, tell me about it. So, I'm a bad English major, one who never reads. Blame that on John Baker? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, speak up, boy. Okay, so I'm at Starbucks, and I recognize a guy. And I'm really good about recognizing people. Yeah. When I, see I observe them. that as a fact. Yeah, at Costco, recognize two people. Anyways, so I recognize this guy, and I go up to him and hey, are you Sean Kenny? And it was, and I'm like, oh, we, I had met you at a book signing a few years ago in Glendale, because I knew the guy who hosted a little panel. His name was Michael Mallory, and he wrote a book about sci-fi TV and films, like mm-hmm. the ultimate guide to sci-fi TV and films. And um, it was Sean Kenny, who was in four Star Trek episodes mm. as Captain Pike, and this woman, Arlene Martell. Who was also in Star Trek? She played Didn't Spock's wife. Didn't she pass wife. away recently? She did. Wow. However, did you find out out that? Anyways, um, so me and Sean, we literally talked for two and a half hours. He was such a nice guy, such a sweet dude. It was such a great experience, and you know, I know a decent amount, sort of, about the entertainment industry and. So I could, uh, I did a decent job holding my own in the conversation and asking questions. And he kn- knows a lot about Trek and the different actors and sort of about them and the whole scene. Because he goes to conventions and he does signings and he does a whole bunch of stuff. So it was cool, man. We uh, exchanged some contact info. And he's he's like, yeah, if, if I need help at a you know convention or something, an assistant, someone to sort of help, I'll give you a call and... So it could be it could mean possible wow. work for me, possible gig. This is mm. a celebrity, this is an actor. You know, okay. not a bad deal. So it was cool. It would be cool to record with him one day. 
And um, he was like, he was really interested in the Freemasons hmm. in sort of American history. And he was really into numerology. Ooh. And so he was like, studied my name and birthday. Hmm. And he's like, oh, there's a lot of sevens in your name and this. And he said, this is your 28th year. And eight has a lot of significance. Seven times Because um, he goes like, the seventh year, there's a lot of new stuff thrown at you. And it can be overwhelming. But the eighth year, you, you get like a grasp on it. And you can sort of sort through it and handle it. And then the ninth year... So the eighth year is really great. In the ninth year, um, you, you let go of stuff. Stuff le People leave your life. You leave other people's life. So you start to, you know, prune prune the tree a little bit, as it were. I don't know. I'm mixing metaphors. But anyways. And he was, yeah, he was like, yeah, the Freemasons, they, they designed this monument with 13 steps because that's the Christ number and... And eight, oh, that, that's the most important number in Jewish tradition, and this, you know, so he was really into that. No, 13 is not the most important Jewish number. No, 13 is the Christ, he said eight was the Jewish number. Hmm. And anyways, it you know. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Yeah, and it was, it was basically stuff like that. So I'm like, oh, that's encouraging, you know, that he basically said I'm going to have a great year. You know, I just turned 28. Hmm. And I think back 10 years ago, in... 18 was probably my, my best year to date. Being 18 was a really good year. Because when you're 18, Brian Golden... Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> reminding that when you're 18, though, it's like you get um, more privileges as an adult without all the responsibilities of being an adult. So I'm going to... It's almost reversed, though, because you can go to war... Yeah, but I didn't but go to war. But you can't drink beer. I went to Moorpark College, so... <laughs> did you ever... When you were at Moorpark College, did you ever meet a guy named John Baker? He's a professor. <laughs> I did. He was my biology and wow, that's, that's biological amazing. anthropology teacher. I went to Moorpark. I never nice met John guy. Baker. No, yeah, there. so it's not very amazing. Me to leave. As so. a story there. All right. <laughs> and I did not get kicked out of his class, so... Or any classes when I was there. But look, so, so you're 18. I'm going to community college. I like that. I'm working part-time at Domino's. That was all right, um, and you just—I'm driving around. So it was a night. It was a very nice year for me. I enjoyed eighteen. And I was eighteen. Yes, <laughs> that's where we last left off in our story. Excuse me. When I was nineteen, high school, I years. went to Pierce College. Mm-hmm. And you got kicked out. I did. Um, Man. And the funny thing was, is I got kicked out of. Uh, I got kicked out of Spanish. But I actually That's spoke no bueno. Spoke Spanish fluently. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Yeah. How the hell did you learn Spanish fluently? I went to Mexico every three weeks for the weekend. I spoke Spanish. No, you fluently. didn't. Well, this is part of man. historical fact. Okay. You can't. You can't. Every time I say something, you say no, you didn't. It's not how. Oh, they. Every two weeks, it, you just your stories sound a little exaggerated. Anyways, please continue. I lived every three weeks. Okay. And I did. Um, what, we worked at La Gloria Orphanage in Mexico, and we took stuff down there and worked projects for them, and I spoke Spanish. And my dad said I had to go to school, I had to get an education, and part of it was because he was getting, like, he could get paid. Like, I could do it free, he'd get money for it. So, <clears throat> but I never went to classes. And my Spanish teacher called our house 
because he was actually a friend of the family. And wow. he said, don't bother coming back. But my sister gave me the message, and I thought, that's not... You thought no, she was pranking messing you. with me. And I went to class, and I got showed up there late. And in front of the whole class, he asked me to leave and said, you wow. are failing. You have to go. I was like, I speak Spanish. Wow. But... When you actually speak like uh, street Spanish or like actual Spanish, is very different than like being able to spell Spanish words and say it correctly and whatever. And so that was it. Not great at the punctuality. Not great at the punctuality. And then also I had issues in tennis. Going back to the sports theme, I was a very good tennis player. Yeah, your arm was broken. Actually. Yeah, makes sense. Well, it didn't. For some reason, it didn't affect. I could play tennis. I couldn't, couldn't throw, but I could play tennis. I think different muscles or something, possibly. But anyways, Maybe. I was a very good tennis player. I went second in a tournament. Nice. Very good. But at I, Moore Park? I also Park. played tennis at Moore Park. That's oh. funny. When I got to the finals, though, Someone there was a guy him. there who was really good, and he beat me six zero. So I didn't even get I didn't get anything. He destroyed me. My confidence was, Ew. Yeah, and then I went to Pierce, and then I was terrible, and that was it. I quit tennis. Hey, before we jump into the rest of your life story, can I bitch about something? Well, so we're up to me being twenty. So put a because I'm angry. I am angry, Brian Golden. Okay, just put a bookmark, and I'm twenty years old. That's what we're up to. Okay. Yes. I am. I'm angry. The left has has pissed me off. Oh, does this have to do with killing? Yes, this has to do with with guns. Okay, you like guns, Brian? What? You ever fire a gun? I've had one. um, uh, People have shot at me before, so I'm not that thrilled with that aspect of it. But not the same thing. Okay, I've shot a gun before. Uh huh. It was a fun experience. Yeah. Um, it really was. Okay, so who'd you shoot at? Oh, it was just. It was just a post or the ground or, you know, it was oh. out out in the country. Apparently that, shooting at people is more fun, but... Yeah. Okay. Wait, hold on. Oh. Are you going to be able to multitask? I'm talking and eating? Are you going to... Are you paying attention? So, I, I'm ready for your political rant. Good. Okay. Oh, oh. I am Walter Cronkite. All right, so I found this. Um, basically, everyone wants to ban assault rifles, and those people are idiots. And I found this article from the LA Times that I agree with. Oh, that um, really couldn't have said it better myself. Why banning assault rifles won't reduce gun violence? It won't. And basically, the left is under this impression, Brian Golden, that there are two types of guns: handguns. Uh, like a 38 special and like assault rifles that are basically machine guns that fire off huge magazine rounds, you know, more damage, 14 bullets a second and just keep going. And really there are so many guns in between that the quote unquote assault rifles that were used there, there's little difference between that gun and all these other guns. And it's so easy to, change out a magazine clip with something that has more ammo and adjust this thing and this feature that um, even if you did a ban that type of assault rifle, people could easily do the same amount of damage with another type of gun and, a, you know, it, or it, you really go down the slippery slope of having to ban all these types of guns. Two guns. Two lesser guns. Or, yeah, you don't need a gun, just make a homemade pipe bomb. 
four handguns of, you know, strapped yeah. on you. So, anyways, um, you're right, you know, 9-11 was not accomplished with a gun. And that was pretty bad. It's right, true that, that was an airplane. And I don't hear any calls for banning airplanes. That's absolutely true. But you heard it here first on this podcast. Banning airplanes. Ban airplanes. Oh. I wasn't going to say that. I, I say... <laughs> I, I say... Banned baseball bats. You know, a lot of people get killed with baseball I bats. I say gays with guns is what we need. I think every gay gays should have a gun. Guns. Yeah. You know who's not bashed? Gays with guns. Well, and I think effeminate people... People are very nice to them. I'm a little bit effeminate, and I would like a gun as well, just in case I get confused for being gay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, it says, it's true that these rifles are often sold with detachable high-capacity ammunition magazines that increase their lethality, enabling a shooter to fire more than a dozen rounds. Um, so, they're, they're detachable. People can interchange, you know, the, the amount of rounds in the clip, mm -hmm. right? Such magazines are illegal to sell in California, but again, these firearms are not unique in this. About half of the handguns in the U.S. also have detachable high-capacity magazines, the only th uh, the only thing unique about assault rifles is their menacing name and look, and it is these elements that make them such an appealing, if not particularly sensible, target of gun control act uh, advocates. So, but let's let me let me throw this out since we're talking about a gun show. Bam, bam, there we go. Boom. If you ban, yes, knee jerk reaction, mm. a gun. Every time a gun was used in a killing, I mean, which is essentially what's happening here. They say, oh, this gun was used, ban that gun. Um, if that's what we're going to do, then we would have, you know, we would have to invent new guns. Yeah. Because what gun hasn't been used to kill somebody? It's true. And then the whole argument that the... Even BB guns have killed people. Well, even the whole argument that the Second Amendment was talking about, you know, muskets that took a long time to... Load and whatever. Well, that's all well and fine, except that the bad guys are using assault rifles, so fight fire with fire. The good guys need a powerful gun as well. It's interesting so, that you say fight fire with fire because. Uh, firearms with firearms. Because when you, um, use, when you say fire, and that's like the word when you're for execution, like a firing squad, you say fire. Yes. So that's why that's funny. Like in the movie The Green Mile. Well, that was the execution. Well, wasn't there a shooting squad scene? A firing squad scene? A firing squad scene. Yeah. Are you a movie critic? Because that was not in the movie. That's terrible. Well, anyways, I was thinking of, of uh, Die Hard. That's why. Okay, so moving no, on in no, life. No firing squad. Are you ready for this interview? This is part of the interview. Are you focused? Okay, get ready for this. Well, we're up to being Where we last left off, Brian Golden. 20 years old. What's your middle name? Kenneth. Brian Kenneth Golden. It's under oath. <laughs> my dad's name. By Kenneth. the National League of Baseball. Um, we, we Well, you don't like the term high school years. Well, we're talking about the teenage years. Well, no, we passed that. We got kicked out of two... two I have more uh, questions about the teenage years. Two uh, junior colleges. We're not done with not the teenage years. We don't okay. have to talk about the academics of it all. Um, it's not very good academics. Yeah, but what was like your first job? Oh, I worked at a horse ranch in Malibu. A horse ranch. Yeah, Calamigos um, Ranch. So you ride. Oh, 
I wasn't. I do ride, but I was not on the riding end. What did you do at the horse ranch? <laughs> Shovel shit. <laughs> Shovel manure. You just wanted to say that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I was a hard... You shoveled shit. <laughs> Shovel shit for a living. Um, Calamigos Ranch would have businesses come out there, and it was like a, uh, a weekend mm-hmm. ranch, and um, they would hire it out, and they would do... There was, was horses, and a lot of games, and food, and drinks, and all kinds of stuff, so you'd serve them. So I would serve drinks or do whatever i mean there was all kinds of things you would do out there so it was a lot of fun great first job i was like uh I how'd you get hooked up with that job i was like 14 michelle compton think, yeah michelle compton got me that job no <laughs> um i think they went to the high school to ask people for jobs my mom worked at the high school gore high school woot woot oh so she nice. worked there while you were going there for three, I think, of the years. No, that was awkward for everyone. Yeah, it was awkward. You know, having your mom work. Yeah. Because you couldn't get away with anything. You I got was sent a very to the principal good kid. office. She was there. I did, I did get sent to the principal's office, ironically, that you just say that, because, but I was not bad. I was just... Is it true that you got kicked out of Agora High School? Mm, that was my sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, she didn't get kicked out. out. She left under her own cognizance. Oh, okay. And got her GED. She was Tested a freshman, out. and she decided she didn't want to go to school anymore. And so she didn't go for a month, so the vice principal made a deal. She'd go to two classes, then she could do those two classes, and then... So you completed high school. I completed high school, yeah. Nice. I had five extra You graduated. Credits. I was very proud of that, yeah. I did. Did you work anywhere besides Calamigos? I worked for Hilton Hotels in Calabasas at the headquarters. Wow. Organized their stockroom, did such a good job that they gave me an office job. These I had are no good jobs skills. for a little teenager. I was a good, I was a great kid. Yeah. And uh, that job, I worked myself out of it. I did so good organizing, they put me in the office, but then they, I was only like 16, so. How did you get fired from Calamigos Ranch? I didn't get fired from oh. Calamigos Ranch, that's a myth. Oh. I got fired myth. from by Pepperdine University. You worked at Pepperdine Shoveling <clears throat> shit. Hmm? <laughs> uh, Latigo Canyon had uh, uh, apartment, uh, not apartments, like uh, for student housing for Pepperdine University. Yeah. And so I was on part of a big crew that helped over the summer renovate them, and we got way behind schedule, and our whole entire crew was fired. So it was. You've had a lot of jobs in your short life. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. Chris did not have a lot of jobs. He said him and his friend had a lawn mowing business. And I was, was in it. that as well. You were in that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even his lawnmower. It was like his friend's lawnmower. Yeah, it was his business. He had a business. We were like, yeah, it was, it was good. My he would drive guy. around and mow some lawns. lawns. Yeah. I paid like 25 bucks an hour, so shut up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Five an hour. Well, we were fast. So it was like, you know, we were good. You got the whole lawn done in an hour. Boom. Done. Or less. Uh, yeah, we maintained it. So once... Uh, so with that job, the thing was getting the yard in order. We'd make a contract. Michael Goey was good at business. He'd, he'd make a bid, wow. have a bid for the yard. It's good to have a Jewish friend. I find that's helpful. Mark. Yeah, he, he's not Jewish. Oh, okay. Well, he was Asian. as far as you know. Asian. Mm-hmm. He was Asian. Asian Jew. Uh, that no. was my second guess, Asian. Okay. It's good well, to have an Asian friend. I just assumed because you look Jewish. I'm gonna go it's good to uh, it's good to have friends. Ethno-centrism. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, so they bid on it, and 
the yard would, you know, start off it was a mess, and so we'd say, yeah, da da da. It was a good deal for them because they'd be, oh, it's a mess. But after the first time we went there, we'd get it in great shape. Then maintenance was pretty easy, mm. so it was smart business wise because yeah, we made a contract. Customers. Yeah, like a year contract, and once we got it in shape, then nice. all we'd have to go back like a week later. You know, you put stuff like, and he read up on it. He was, we were only like teenage, like he was like sixteen, maybe seventeen. Asians are very studious. They read up on things. <laughs> yeah, good they read. So. They read. It's more it's than I can say for me. Okay. Any other teenage questions? Um, yes. Um, did you go to Disneyland? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, you did. Um, uh, we already answered that. Okay, that I, I did, there was, I did, I did have a few dates and things. To go to. once I became. A hockey game. Yes. Okay. <laughs> How was that? That was fantastic. I went to lots of hockey games. Where, Kings, where is hockey in Southern California? There's no the Kings, snow. The LA Kings. No, it was not snow in California. It was NHL hockey. It, yeah, but it's not played at in mountainous snow. It's played at Wow. The, I didn't know you actually went to you went to a Kings game. Yeah, it was a huge Kings While sense. Gretzky was on the team? Well, oh, Marcel Dion, way before Gretzky. Way before Gretzky, wow. Yeah. Marcel Dion, Dave Taylor. Free Gretzky. Yeah, great. Get a lot of fighting. Oh, Paul Gretzky. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna throw this out. It is a great place to take dates to because it's cold and very violent. So so they high snuggle factor. snuggle. Mm-hmm. Do you like hockey? Yes, I really I enjoy hockey. It's much more fast paced than baseball. Baseball's so boring. <laughs> Why? One <laughs> sport doesn't have to be bad for another two. <laughs> so basketball, I can tolerate. That's that's nice. <laughs> okay. Um. So last last but not least, um, you're a teenager. And you, um, you were into disco. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, okay. Uh, my favorite band when I was a kid, when I was uh, 12, 13, 14. The Bee Gees. No. <laughs> I was into The Clash, The Sex Pistols, The Ramones. Oh. Yeah, I was a punk rock kid. I want to be sedated. That's it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. 24 hours ago. I want to be sedated. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. I want to be sedated. Now, you mentioned that um, you mentioned that God told you not to dress like a nerd and he was helping you. No. So, no, no, you've, wow. Compare your style no, no. from freshman year to senior year. Like, were you. Getting a, uh, becoming a better dresser. It wasn't that God told me not to dress like a nerd. No. I'm just quoting you. No, it was that once I became a Christian, I had a lot of people around me that began to care about me and help me with, like, that would say something if there was an issue. Yeah. Confront me on things and just begin to have more confidence. And at the same time, it was a, a very contrasting season because God was also taking away from me different sports, letting me fail at different sports and kind of ripping, that was, you know, like an idol in my life. So I was kind of dealing with depression on one side and, and, and growing in things of the Lord. And so as far as fashion-wise goes, I was way out of fashion and kind of very nerdy throughout most of my high school year till, till like, really till high school basically ended. And then, um, you transitioned to acid wash jeans and leather jackets and a flock of seagulls haircut. 
That's that was your. I did have fucking Seagull's haircut uh, when I was like, about twenty two. <laughs> Made the transition. I did. No, I was. Uh, uh, well, when I was a punk, when I was young, in uh, kind of the end of junior high and high school, the thing was that you it was dressed very, punk. You no, because oh. you would get beat up. Wow. So it was very, very not. It was like very not in. There was just like a handful of us, and we would get beat up so on how a regular did you dress? basis. That was so cool. No, I didn't dress. That was cool. Oh. I dressed like not. Punk. You did, I didn't want to even. Yeah. So how did you dress that was not nerdy? Oh, later on. Yeah. Oh, uh, kind of went to well. Um, the year after I was in high school, um, and then the next year I moved to Hawaii, which is a big change because I just wear like boards, like a. But I kind of went to preppy style for like the last year. Interesting. Yeah, it was kind of a transition mm, preppy. Knee like, high socks, yeah. No, not knee high socks. Like, but polos. Uh, like just polos. I don't know. It's beige wore, like, colors. Uh, Earth yeah, tones. Yeah, beige, beige colors and uh, deck shoes. I did have a cardigan. Wow. A, okay. I'm yeah, into but it. That, but that was a very I like slim the prep look transition. That was like mm. a very yeah. short lived period. And then as uh, when I, the next year when I went to Hawaii, I really went in a more like uh, always wearing like swim. Yeah, I was just always like beach clothes and and uh, tank tops and just yeah, just very casual Hawaiianish. Yeah, and from then on, I was very different. And okay. after that, for about mm-hmm. a decade, I had a mohawk. So, well, that's a dark time in all I, of our lives. I had a uh, a tail. Methinks. I had a braided tail. Ooh. In front, right about here, and, and then I had beads on the end of it, and then I had kind of a bleach, bleach blonde thing. So your nice fashion phase was short lived. Yes, and I went to kind of then. Then I was because once I was like confident, I could. I was wasn't afraid to dress and be how I wanted to be. Okay, so, so you graduate high school. Yeah, and you're eighteen. Well, moment to celebrate. Can we? Woo! Yeah. Congrats. Yep. Um, and you go to first Moore Park. Is is Dad pushing you to go to college at this point? Dad says you have to be in school, so it's a Moore Park, but not like to no, the classes. Not school or get a job. Just well, I had a job too. I, I always since I was like thirteen, I always had a job. Okay, yeah, always worked. And my my friend Wade that I had mentioned, he went with me to Moore Park, so we were like besties, mm-hmm. and we both went to Moore Park and. Um, Wait the the baseball buddy. No, no, Wade no. Woodard. He was the one who was like he was a Christian helping me ex- explain. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's a musician. Yeah, yeah. We had a band. Oh yeah, yeah. I managed a band. That's shocking. Organized confusion. You and Wade were in a band. Well, well, no. Wade no. was. He's a great musician. Could play anything, and he was the lead singer. And uh, you were not in the band. I was the band manager. I just drove okay. him around to gigs and stuff. Nice. That was fun. Don Lee, he was a bass player, then became the drummer, or vice versa, drummer, and then guitar player, and then... Uh, I also went to Moore Park. Dave Mizrahi, shout out to him, He's a, wow. he was 13, he was a phenomenal lead guitarist. And so. Was his mom a teacher? No. Oh, okay. There, but was, there first... was a Mrs. Mizrahi oh, at A, uh, right, I think. Anyways. Our first... Uh, Keyboard, but it wouldn't. Sorry, go ahead. That's minors thing. Um. So was it a lot of covers? No, 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 no. They wrote their own. All was no zero covers. Wrote their own stuff. Oh, OG. And um, it was a punk band. I left when I was twenty, and then they continued on. Played gigs. Played Gizares. Played 
all over for several years, get put out a couple of CDs, but like, yeah. you know, in-house stuff, not. And you got a lot of groupies since you were part of the band. I know, I left. I was gone. I moved away. But I did have a lot of girls. Uh, I went, <clears throat> I, I hung out with a lot of girls. Actually, that was, I had lots of very, very pretty girls that I hung out with because I was not really. You were non-threatening? Pursuing them. Mm. So, yeah, they enjoyed hanging out with me, I think. So that was a fun season as well. And um, So how did you get kicked out of Moore Park? Um, well, I didn't even fathom go to class. And so Ooh, that's a good to, start. And I failed most of the classes that I enrolled in. So you're pretty much like on academic probation. <laughs> Double secret probation. <laughs> community college. Double secret probation. Brian, yeah. that's sad. Yeah, I got kicked out that's of Pierce. Really well, the professor actually called my house and said I was kicked out, and I didn't believe him, and I went to class. I, it was a message from my sister. I went to class, and then he actually, for the whole class, said, please step outside. I told you not to come, and I was like, oh, I thought that was that, which was sad, really, because I also spoke fluent Spanish, and it was a Spanish class. Why, Bri, why? I, I was an idiot. Why do you not like school? I... I didn't. I've never liked school. Because it came. It was hard for you. I didn't see it. I didn't see the, per, the it purpose. Was challenging. Of the point. I wanted to be missions at that point. I wanted to be a missionary. I already was, had the Mexico thing that I was going to all the time. I was totally focused on that. I when was, was the Bible first time you went to Mexico? Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen was my brother. We went as a kind of a thing. Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa used to go down there and uh, just do a kind of a weekend thing, and also at a. Uh, Insane. You place. went with Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Uh, me and my brother went. Like we, we just went. Me and him. Yeah. To a place that they went to. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And then after that, did I was you like, also go this. with Craig? Not that time, but then after we went, me and my brother, I was like, oh, we got to do this. We got to start a ministry. So I did. And then, um, yeah, shortly, like within a month, Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was Craig Morris? Who was Craig Morris is one of the uncle. nicest people of all time. And Ron Johnson, we went. Uh, we started off. We were going in his van, which was amazing. And uh, put a little asterisk there. And Andrea Lemons. No, she no. didn't. She might have gone once, but now me, Ron, and Craig, um, were the main. Somebody else who went with us were the main people that actually went. And then my brother actually later also started going. So yeah. how old were you when you met my father? I was 14 when I met your dad. Okay. Yeah. Because you were going to that Bible study. I was going it to was it. an ABF yeah. Bible study. Yeah. In Westlake. Uh, no, this was, it was random places. Right. But out of the old, uh, old Agora was where the church was. I see. Okay. And then, um, when do you meet my mom? Same time. Same time. Okay. I probably met them nearly at the same time. Or same... And, yeah. and then you met some of my mom's siblings. Do you remember Patty? Yes. She was awesome. Yeah. Totally awesome. She was best friends with Michelle. Michelle Compton. And do you remember Sharon Compton? She was best friends with Ron, who she later married... Yes, and that's it. Don't work out. That's sad because Sharon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna probably end up saying this about several people, but back then, nicest person. 
I'm gonna no. There can only let, be me, one let me cl- person. let me clarify this statement. I'm gonna, yes, I'm gonna say this because I don't want this to come off as cheesy or as like, oh my gosh, disingenuous. At dis- exactly. So, at during that season, it was like a revival. Shortly after I got saved, a lot of kids at uh, Grow Bible Fellowship and a lot of other churches um, just got saved. Were on fire and just wanted the things of the Lord. Like just you know, when I was going back to the van, put an asterisk there. Me and some other guys, God, through a series of incidents, has praying in the van, and um, me and Ron and Craig and a couple other people, and the, it just taught us how to pray. It just taught us to be in His presence, and the presence of the Lord, Caleb, it was, it was unbelievable what God did. It His presence, like it would just the joy of the Lord, we would just laugh, and with um, the peace, I and mean, it was just and for hours and hours and hours. Seven, eight hours. We'd just be praying till like three in the morning at Wizens in the, mm-hmm. in the van. And so there was a lot of things with a lot of people that God was doing. And uh, Bible studies at the high school, all the high schools, we had Bible studies and things. So when I say like Andrea Lemons was such just, just something that's just like, just, she was. She's like literally, if she was your friend, she'd, have been, she'd be the nicest person you would know. But I would say the same thing about like Sharon Compton. Mm-hmm. Just these, all of these people. It was such a great era because they all were genuine and loved the Lord and would literally like stay at your house overnight. A lot overnight. of good people, great people, give you rides. Yeah, we would pick up hitchhikers. Would whatever it was, give you money. Do what it didn't matter. Just we're just phenomenal people, and um, I feel very privileged to have grown up in that era. And, and I, those people have a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. in anything good that. I ended up doing, and yeah, so. And you also met my grandparents, Jim and Mercy, during they, that time. They had a big influence in how I ran my household because I was just mm. at my cousin's, the best guys. They also had five kids. And <laughs> that's true. And the, the best guys had a very open house, and they also had a, a Tascadero memorial where people could come and feel welcome. And the Garcias were like that. You could just. Not really, not quite twenty four seven. That'd be a little hyperbolic, but I mean, honestly, you could show up there, and they would feed you and talk to you and pray with you. And there's always somebody who had a guitar, and you know they had a piano, which I'd love to just go and play piano. I mean, it was, just, it was just, it was just, you know, it was, it was fantastic. And if it wasn't something going on at the house, it was because everybody was at the church, or everybody was at the beach, or whatever. And they'd be ah, come along, and it's where I'm in a barbecue, I'm do whatever it is. And because my house, my mom loved to have people. My mom was very good, but my dad was difficult during those years. And I, we had a difficult home life, I would say. So it was great to be able to go to to people's places to 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 really, uh, yeah, to feel that. Well, if you remember my uncle Matt, I do. He did a Bible study at my grandparents' house in the living room. In the book, he studied the book of Galatians. And oh, you remember that. I, I do, and I went to three, I think two or three of the, I missed the first one, and then I found, oh, they're having a side book of Galatians, jumped on that, did several, so it was awesome, and Matt was a very good, he was good, very good guitar player, mm-hmm. uh, and good voice, he was actually the lead singer of the band, of the famous rock band, Heaven Bound. <laughs> Heaven Bound, it's a good name. Yeah, Good name, and so uh, he was, uh, yeah, led Bible studies, led led youth group, and uh, lots of things. Do you remember my uncle William? Uncle William was one of my three best friends for wow. 
Uh, probably from when I was like 15 to like 19. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. We biked nice. around so we could drive. We biked all over Westlake. Uh, biking. All over. Yeah. He was. He was. We were. We biked everywhere. Yeah. That's cool. He used to live with my mom in the mobile home. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah briefly. Good times. Yeah. Um, do you remember... Is he um, your favorite uncle? No. Who's your favorite uncle? Probably Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm closer with Matt. Did he, Matt's a good guy. Did he let you drink beer? Is that why? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, Matt's kind of a square in that department. Uh, do you remember my uncle Andrew? Square slash actually a solid good uncle. Yes, okay. exactly. All right. All right. So, you know, it's funny that, yeah, he probably would have been, you know... Uh, he was great. Did you know that he baptized your daughter? Did you know that? <laughs> Are you saying that because I told you that the other day? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Fun did. fact. Fun fact. Yes. Um, my oldest daughter I was Hannah there Lonnie, for part of that when she went to Rivers. She went to Rivers. So, um, you don't know the backstory. Show story. my face that now and then. I'm going to tell you the backstory on that. That's a fun story. So, wow. So, we're talking about when I was like a teenager to 20, but fast forward like till I was late 30, maybe even 40. No, yeah, late 30s possibly. Have kids. My daughter is like in going to high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when she lived with your mom here. Yeah. And so Very we, where we lived in Hawaii, did not have great, good high school options. Interesting. In fact, terrible high school options. And I felt like from the Lord that, she, you know what, sent her to to California. And so we did. Packed her up. Sent her to California for a year. She lived with my mom. And California. Yes. California, here we go. And so what I felt, but this is what I specifically really, really kind of under, undergirding what from the Lord was that yes. she would be in a good youth group because my, I had great memories, my chief good memories of being in good youth groups here in this area and in Hawaii, there was, there was not good youth groups, not at all. Mm-hmm. So she did went and went with a great youth group, Rivers, because it was close to where I live, like literally... Less maybe not even five minutes drive, and so I was like, take, "Go." Oh, did you move out with her for a time? No, 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 no. no. no I did not. You just but I knew, knew Rivers that was Rivers there. was there. Yep, and I knew it was a good, solid church, and it was like ABF ish, which I loved, mm-hmm. and so I was like, I knew it would have solid preaching because Matt, and I was like, and it's close, like it wouldn't be a hardship for my brother or my mom that's driver there. So she did. She went to the youth group there. And totally got into it for a year, and bat- I didn't even know. Like I was like, oh, I got baptized at the pool, at the Garcia's pool, which made me happy to the nth degree because it was like her wow. decision to do it. So sweet, and it was just just epic. And you liked the the uh, pool owners. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so it just seemed very uh, from the Lord, like the people that had really meant a lot and been a lot to me. Then you know. Yeah, it was just it was just epically cool, and that she wanted to do it. It wasn't like I was like, you know. And I don't think about it. a lot of people have lived in this house. Sort of gone. Our know, goal is I, have I, I briefly lived here, or in my grandmother's daughter, house. Daughter, and yeah, yeah. You know, that's, it is. Uh, it is what we aspire to. That's how we <laughs> gauge. Yeah. Uh, at the pearly gates, Peter's gonna ask. <laughs> well, yes, I can see. Jesus died for you. But how many Garcias have lived at your house? <laughs> is actually the question. Yes, that's what I want to know. 
Uh, the answer is eight, I think. There was a show called To Tell the Truth. Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I used to watch that every morning before I would walk off to school when I did summer school here at Lindero. Beer is good. It is. Um, so, a needle-pulling thread, mm-hmm. a law, a note to follow, so. Yes, I'm with you. Um, so, oh, so, uh, we were, you were talking about William and Andy. Did you know Andy at all? Absolutely. Yeah, he was around. We had a, a yellow Honda, and Andrew and William would sit in the back with their guitars and play praise music while we drove around in our Honda. Garcia's are very musical. I did not get that gene. Well, it's you know, I, have more you power to them. No, that well, could be part of. I didn't really have an interest in trying. I had no interest in getting chicks. Apparently, and so you think playing a guitar gets you chicks? Yes, <laughs> I've never played a guitar. For me, it was the piano. Piano got you chicks. Actually, it did. But okay, that's all. we haven't um, that part of the story yet. Did you know that I have an aunt Liz? Yes, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. She sort of did her own thing during that time. Yeah, so when when I was uh, at that era, when I was coming to the Lord, she was kind of... Um, but you know what? She gave birth to possibly my favorite person, Devin. Yeah, and very he's, he's very cool. Yes, Devin's and awesome. he actually kind of reminds me of you a little bit. Well, I have a lot in common with Devin, more than I do with Jared. Yeah. And, you know, we grew up next to each other, because my Aunt Liz lived, lived right next to my grandparents' well, Jared, house. Jared, uh... In Agora. Jared and I are complete opposites. We, uh, we have a, in Hawaii, they have a parade that celebrates the life of Jared. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, his reputation has spread even over there. Um. Hopefully not the life of Jared Fogel. Not, not his life. That would be bad. I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. But I, they say that he didn't make the child pornography. He just, his other friend made it, and he just sort of helped. Anyways. Okay, this is a live, or we're doing this live. <laughs> um, I don't know who Jared Fogel is, to be honest. Oh, the subway guy who lost all that weight. He was the subway spokesman. Oh, yeah, I know. okay. Yeah, I know who he is. Anyways. So what, what happened to him? Oh, he got arrested for child pornography. <gasps> That's terrible. Yeah. Wow. I forget that you've been living in another, another country. Yeah. Um, okay, so you remember my Aunt Liz? She was around. And, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, funny, because I've been away... Uh, I've been out of the, literally out of the country for a very long time, and people are like, oh, Donald Trump's running for president. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, uh, he's running against Hillary Clinton. I'm like, do you remember whatever. Dan Pac-Man? I do, yes. Ken Spellman? Yes. John um, Gutterow? John Gutterow, yep. who's Matt's, one of yeah. his best friends. Three Musketeers right there? Yeah. Four Musketeers. I love John Gutterow, one of yeah. my favorite people on earth. Not, yeah. not in a manly way, just in a regular. In a very manly way. He's a, he's a great human being. He's the first guy that, like, I wanted to be. Like, the, a, a male figure was like, I want to be this guy. Can we do, can we do like, a, uh, uh, can we do a parenthesis and say, make a comment? You know why? Because he was never in ministry. So he was cool. He was, like, a writer. He dressed cool. So he knew about movies. Do you have a thing with authority? Like, you have, uh, I don't like authority and leadership. Because I'm like that. I, oh, I have issues there. I, I never desire to go into ministry. Yeah. Because I never really wanted to be out there in front of people. Well, okay, so that's the whole thing. What, uh, nothing, whatever. So, John Goodrow, you know what? He, why he? I, he's fantastic. So, in an in an age when, at, uh, going back to like te- the teenage years, you know, um, he. You're by the way, you're right. He was like the definition of cool. Yeah. He was kind of. Uh, 
I wanted to say laid back, but he he had a lot of energy. He wasn't like laid back, but he was he had a lot of energy, but he could but it was uh like perfect like he would he would just stand there and just be cool. But when he had energy, he would, uh, Can I give you an example? Can I, I give, you, can I give you an example? Because you know, he's he, he's he's a Christian. He's Republican. He's very intellectual. He's smart and we're, athletic. And we were talking about. I can't speak to that. You know what? Here, no, here let me, let me just tell this this example. Please. I, I have one when you're done. Please. Okay. We were talking about Titanic. Uh huh. And I'm like, oh, Kate Winslet was great in that. Yeah. And he said her boobs were great in that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just a teenager, but it was like the first time. An adult figure of the family had made a joke like that that sort of said it's okay to make this racy joke. Yeah. And we're still good people. Yeah. So he sort of informed my sense of humor. Like it's okay. To, he, he, the the down to earth quality yeah. of that joke. I, I see. I thought. Yeah. Because none of you know, you would never hear anyone else make that joke. No, no, not, not really. But Johnny could do it and get away with it. So here's all you need to know about John Yodoro. He's a professional golf... Uh, like, uh, he's a professional like club... He's a club pro golf person in Calabasas, California. So he's he automatically golf? tan. Okay. Gets paid to help people with their golf. And do you really need to know any more of how cool he Was is? Was that his job? He worked on a golf. He was a golf pro, wasn't he? Am I, I don't know. Maybe. Is that, well, this is a while ago. Well, yeah. What is he now? Well, he he did law school in Virginia. Whoa. Is someone knocking? Is somebody knocking? I'm going to go see. Pause it. So we were singing the praises of John Gutterow. He's a cool guy. Yeah. So he went from golf pro to law school? Yeah, I went to Virginia, law school. Um, I don't even know what kind of law he did. So where, where is he now? He's in Agora. He lives with his dad. So he never married? He did. Oh. He married, divorced, has two kids, uh, sees the kids a lot. Is he still But he's lawyer? helping out his dad. He's sort of in between careers. Yeah. But he got me my first writing job. Which was an awesome situation because he. I'm very sad that he got divorced. Well, he started this magazine, this um, website called Just Lux, which is sort of a luxury uh-huh. magazine. And he, um, I did a freelance piece for them, where I was sent with a bunch of other writers to take a tour of the Orange County. This oh, that's the, the tail of the dog. Um. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all the, all the hotels that were on the beach. <laughs> and I took a tour with a bunch of writers, and then I wrote an article where I describe each of them. And it was cool. Maybe we should put Lila in the room, because I think Lila's egging on the other dog. Well, probably with the other dog. False alarm, sorry about that. So, um, did you ever uh, meet my mom's mom, Erica Morris? I did. You did? Yeah. Well, that's cool, because, you know, she died before I was born. Oh. I never got to meet her. Well, she died in 86. Well, she was frail. So Jared was born, but not me. Well, Jared... But a a sweet old frail woman. She was, yeah. That's her, exactly. Yeah. Um, And she was... She was... 
dating or maybe it was her partner. Clarence. Clarence. Well, Clarence was her first husband. Yeah. Who she broke up with. Uh, then she married another guy who was an asshole. And they broke up, and then she got back. Her and Clarence remained friends and were reconnected in the end. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's a good summation. Yeah, Erica, she was lovely. She had us over at her house when we were doing Thousand for, Oaks for Mexico. And she lived in the kind of rural part of Thousand Oaks. And we would go there, so she had like this, I think it was a fairly big yard. So we used to do skits, dramas. Really? We went to Mexico, yeah. We do. Uh, had a do, horse in the backyard. Yeah, so we would just go in the backyard and practice skits and stuff. And it was super fun. Yeah, and uh, my um, Mike and Sue, or my mom's older siblings, they were there as well. And because, um, you know, uh, Craig married Rhonda, and mm-hmm. Rhonda lived with my mom and dad mm. b- before they got married. Mm. And Craig lived separately in Thousand Oaks. Mm. So, um, and she sort of helped out when Jared and I were, were young kids mm. around that time. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah, Rhonda's cool. I like Rhonda a lot. Help, help me, Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. No? <laughs> Beach Boys? No, that's, um... Anyways, no one needs to know. Um, and, um, when did you meet Rusty Wagon Wheel? <laughs> oh, Rusty Russell. <laughs> well, he was a Friday night fixture preaching. Um, he would preach two out of the three or four nights. Yeah. Uh, Steve would preach kind of once a month, and then Mike DeFisco would kind of preach, and that was the beginning. And then Mike left because you know, uh, and then Rusty became the main preacher. Well, Steve and Chris did upholstery for him. I did upholstery for him. You did really. <laughs> yeah. He got everyone yeah. in on that pyramid scheme. No, I'm kidding. It was no, it was it paid well. Relatives. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely remember as a kid, you know, going it, to my dad's to these fast food places and him doing upholstery. Yeah, yeah. Also, a lot of Doom. He played Doom on the computer. Uh, to had, say like, a lot was not really. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah, it wasn't oh, wow. Doom. I think it was Quake. However. Quake. Yeah, that yeah, predates so he had, Doom. Rusty had three businesses. So his main business, or what he was involved with mostly was a computer business, um, doing uh, websites for people, stuff like that. So he actually had an office, and he had a hired guys, staff of guys, and they would make websites for people way back in the day. So, And that was pretty lucrative. But what was kind of kept money ticking over all the time was the upholstery. Cause yeah, that was, he I feel this, like it was always a struggle. Well, no, it really wasn't a struggle because he had this huge contract for Denny's and Carl's Jr. And so there was just always work and we'd always get money. What was just, Well, the struggle end of it was getting him to... So we would, uh, me and Steve or whoever, would do go get the upholstery, go get the pieces. We'd do the little bits that we could do. And then, so we actually did some... some upholstery and repairs but if they needed to come back and have big sewing jobs he was the professional sewer interesting but the problem was if he didn't get around to it he, then that that was then that was an issue so um because he was the only one who knew how to sew but um and then he was also doing other stuff with he was always doing bible studies and he had a, a website uh, one of the big websites at the time for bible history bible history.com i think it was interesting and 
I don't know that that actually paid or not, or mm. people maybe donated or whatever. But anyway, so he had these three kind of main things going on, and then uh, he was also like Bible study church. So he's a really busy guy, but somehow he had time to play Quake for about 23 out of the possible <laughs> 24 hours of the day, and that is not really much of an exaggeration. Well, I remember that... Um, the Calabasas apartment well. Yeah. That was off Las Virginis. Yeah, that was it. And yeah. my dad was really into the band No Doubt mm. in that um, first album. Not so much No Doubt as into... The Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. He'd, he'd play that album all the time, just, you know, blasting it through the house. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> so how many times did you go to Mexico? Literally from like age 15 on. When did it stop? Well, you know. Over 100 times. That often. And you, you, did you go to the same place every time or different places? And we went to La Gloria Orphanage. We went there you started generally developing. once a month. But the last year or two years, like literally every three weeks, we go for the weekend. Yeah. And um, the last year we started going... So my brother was kind of, me and him were kind of co-leading, and then he dropped out, and he had a rough season where he kind of walked away from the Lord a bit, so that was... Uh, yeah, there were a lot he, of he cougars got, and, and necromancers and... Yeah, well, he was... Necromaniacs. Uh, he got kind of legalistic, and that was, you know, he had to, he had to walk, he had a learning curve to walk with that, so... Interesting. Yeah. So, well, so you that was you love those Mexico trips. I love that. Love the Mexico trips, and so I took on. There was eventually there was like four churches involved, and about fifty or so people going each time, and it was a little much for me because I was like eighteen, nineteen, and so <clears throat> uh, I got these other elders from these churches from each church, like an elder to help over, like be a board. I got to put a board together. ABF elders. No, I was kicked or... out of ABF. <laughs> yep, and uh, wow. kicked out of Calvary Chapel too. Because um, <laughs> you liked the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I was uh, Scott Richards, who was the uh, became the the the, uh, the youth leader, who I was very good friends with, and I was, um, and we had a prayer group. Like we broke up into prayer groups, and I had spoken in tongues, kind of under my breath, but somebody had told him I prayed in tongues, and that was a no no at that time at that church. Interesting. And so he said, you know, you can't really do this. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he says, you have to promise not to do it again here. Which I couldn't really, in integrity, promise to never do. You know what I mean? Like, that would be, uh, I could say I promise, but then. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, I can't. I just can't. So a lot of people. You couldn't make that promise and you got kicked out. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah. So he, you know, asked me to leave. But I totally got it. It made sense. I was good with it. I was like, you're right. Yeah, I can't be here and do this. It's not what you guys are about. So, are you reaching for your cigarettes? Oh. Cream. Cream. That was in there, and I don't want to have an accident. You left those in the car. If you had cream and spilled my pants, it would look untoward. Indeed. Um, So, you got kicked out of ABF. Yeah. But I remained friends with Scott Richards, and we actually later went door to door witnessing together, me and. Yeah. And uh, then he's got an interesting story that happened. I won't get into that, but yeah. All right, so. enough about him. I don't care about him. Okay. So then you went to my dad's Bible study. I was already going to that. You're going to that, yeah. okay. Yeah, so 
church Which a lot of the Living Word kids. No, no, there no. was no Living Word at that time. That was just ABF, and then people were oh, at Harry Chapel. But most of the kids at the Friday night study didn't go to church. They were unchurched people. Yeah. And then they later decided about what church to go to. But we were mostly like, did not like authority. Yeah. Hey, do, you, do you remember at all Kathy and Todd Achenbach? Their names sound familiar, but... Okay, maybe not. I think they're more uh, living word people. Anyways. Sounds familiar. Um, so I went then over to Calvary Chapel, and uh, I, be, I was the, uh, became the Sunday school youth guy. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I was young. I was like 16 at the time, and... Uh, oh, louder? Louder. Yeah, and so... Uh, Poor favor, because you keep leaning back. Yeah, Paul. Like you're a cool guy. Well, you know, John got around in front of We are family. uncool, Brian. No, I was becoming cooler oh, at this point. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was transforming, and so I was becoming cooler, but that coolness that didn't get Bible me study. getting kicked out from Calvary Chapel, so... And that yeah. Bible study met at uh, the Compton House. Yeah, didn't for it? a while. Yeah, for quite a while. And yeah. then I've met other places. Yeah. So would my dad lead it? Would he speak? Were there multiple? It was started by him, speakers? Mike DeFusco, and Rusty Russell. Okay. And then three of them. And then after a number of months, it actually dwindled to to like just a few people that were following it. Interesting. And Interesting. Um, so it kind of burned hot and then fizzled out. After like the first two months or three months, yeah. And then it was starting to fizzle out, and then all of a sudden, it. Got that's when it blew up huge. Went nuts. interesting, yeah. And um, so yeah, that, and that's when I started going there. I started going there. There was about maybe thirty to forty people. Maybe yeah, maybe thirty. Yeah. And then eventually there was nights of like 170, 180. Well, it got people. so big there were some concerned parents, and Dale would stop in to sort of much much later supervise just yeah. just so he could tell parents like, hey, I I stop in and. They're not up to anything bad here. This is all fine. Yeah, we didn't care about that. I didn't care. Well, I know, but apparently some parents were concerned. Yeah, my parents didn't care. My parents didn't know I was. My deal, when I was a teenager, as long as I called by midnight, that was it good. good. See, you know, I I think I'm always um, fascinated by people who have a sense of calling and know what they want to do with their life from a young age. So you saying that you want to be a missionary yeah. for a living, I did. and that that's your passion, mm-hmm. is is a novelty. Mm. Am I using that word correctly? Probably not, but let's just go with it. It was a novelty, because, yeah. you know, that's a struggle for a lot of people. You know, just what <clears throat> exactly do I want to do? So you had that clarity, yes, a vision, that you wanted to be a missionary. When I... What was the moment that it occurred to you? I was reading. Epiphany. I was reading a lot of. Um, this is when Chaplin of, finds the hat, you know. Yeah, I was reading a lot of books. Um, after I became Christian, I read a lot of um, all kind, like a lot of Christian books and things. And really struck me was Brother Andrew. Never heard um, of it. He started open doors, um, smuggling Bibles into communist countries, and I thought that was that was the best. That was dope. And as I said, I had gone down with Calvary Chapel uh, to I'm using Mexico. the vernacular of the time. It was dope. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So I went, started going down to Mexico, but I also got in contact with Brother Andrew about smuggling Bibles. He said, no, you should just continue doing Mexico. So I did. 
And um, that's all I want to do. And that's why I failed out of the two junior colleges. I didn't attend because all I really want to do is be in missions. And I didn't yeah. see how education related to missions. Your mind and heart weren't in it. No. You haven't, we haven't really got to anything interesting yet in my thinking. Well, I'm, the, the ball's in your court, Well, you're asking, buddy boy. You're asking good questions, but you're asking stuff about you kind of know some things about. Well, so at this point you're like 20. Like, So when do you get to Hawaii? When does that set So when happen? I'm 20, I go to Hawaii. So what happened is I, Why? Re- I realized that the Mexico trips, you. I did not. You have not, a lot of parking tickets. <laughs> not to do with parking tickets. Oh. It had to do with... I was young. What does dad think about you being a full-time missionary? Oh, that's one thing at a time. So I went because in the Mexico ministry, I had to leave it to the four elders of these churches because I was so unequipped and I needed I needed training and schooling and I kind of realized, oh, like mm. YWAM does missionary training. I think that's what I need. That's, so my dad was happy that I was going to school, university, and it was great because it was training in... It was training and being a missionary, so okay. I, I got my degree in uh, counseling education. Oh, I'll, I'll, in Hawaii? Yeah. Well, to get your degree for the University of the Nations, start off at Pacific Nation Christian University, and halfway through they change it to University of the Nations. You actually have to get, to get your degree, you have to be, have courses on at least two continents, or two different, yeah, different countries, which I did. So, you went to school in Hawaii? Yep, got my, for a counseling degree, yeah. Who was the other continent? I went to several places. Um, so is this is this a four year program? A two yeah, year program? four year. I had a four year bachelor's degree, but I did it three years because you have a bachelor's degree. Yeah, I had no idea. I know we're getting to territory. I you... haven't been giving you enough credit. Oh, I got enough credit all these years. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, look at who picked so, up on that. So d- d- you liked Hawaii? Paradise. Yeah, I loved it, and I went because I Beautiful wanted to be place. a better missionary. Yeah. And I needed training. That's why I went. So I went to Hawaii. It was a great place, but half of it was in Hawaii. And then you, for every course you do, you do a field assignment or an outreach. And so I went to Solomon Islands, Philippines, oh, Hong okay. Kong, all over the place. Like, a, like studying abroad. Yeah. Well, that was Ruth, but that was a little bit later. Um, well. But that was a good study. So how did you meet Ruth? So I met her at the university there. We met under a full moon, a, f- a friend of ours in common, Tammy. Oh. Tammy Brown, she had the, the people were met at the in house. college. said, walk her, walk her home, uh, talking to Ruth, and because she lives in a bad neighborhood. And I said, oh, but then you're going to walk home alone. Like, I'll, I'll walk with both of you guys. So we did, and then... Um, wow, gentlemen. She stopped... Uh, Chivalry. I was very chivalrous, but we stopped at McDonald's. She had to use the facility... And then it was like 11 o'clock or so, and then we just sat and talked till it closed, like an hour, and then we walked home, back to the university under full moon, and uh, it was, I was a smitten kitten. That Hold was on, it. I'm missing something. She was in your class? No. Nope. You just, met her through a friend? Yeah, just through when they said she should walk Tammy. She well, was Tammy. start over, start over. I'm, I'm You're lost. lost already. I'm lost. Well, okay. Yeah. How'd you meet her? So we were at this person's house, Nu'ula'apui. So. Okay. And he... Tammy, it was a party. Um, not really a party, but we just kind of hanging out. Okay, got it. So you were there, and Ruth was there. Yeah. Okay. And so... And you had talked oh, at the party, or no? Pardon? You had talked to each other at the no, party? No, no, no. Okay. So... Tammy was about to go home, and Ruth was in the early childhood 
uh, training. She was that's what she was working on her degree in early childhood education, and so Nuu was um, the. Uh, you were trying to walk both Tammy and Ruth. To yeah, the car. he he asked to walk her home. Well, not to her car to where where she lived, like okay. about a mile away. Got it. And. Um, so when, you know, Ruth was going to walk her there, but then it was like obvious to me, oh, you're going to walk back, you're going to have to walk alone. And I knew Tammy as got well. It, I, knew, got I actually knew okay. Tammy, didn't know Ruth. Now you're making sense. Yeah, so when, on the way back, we just started talking, and she was beautiful, and it was a wow. full moon, and I was just... You had a crush on her right over from the start. Boom. Done. Out. Boom. Yeah. So, um... So after that, so much I for saw her. no lustful thoughts. Okay. Yeah. So after that, I saw her. She was wearing a T-shirt that looked exactly like this—a black T-shirt. Mm-hmm. That um, and I later actually kind of adopted it because it was an oversized T-shirt that I then later took and I wore actually in had in my wardrobe up until a couple of years ago. Oh, so she was even dressed promiscuous, and you still. She was. Just now, did adorable. she feel the same way about you upon? No. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. She you, you had to chase her a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, as it turns out, so then you I got wore to, her down. Got to talk to her a little bit and <laughs> talk to so other people. Offensive. It turns out she had a lot of guys that liked her. Well. And I actually, one time counted later, it was 11 guys that had actually asked her out. And she said no. And the reason she said no is because she'd had a boyfriend ever since she was, like, little. Always had a boyfriend. No. And at the oh. university, she wanted to really focus on the things of the Lord, like set a season aside. So she was just not dating anybody. Mm. So all the guys told me that. And I said, well, she's not dating anybody. But I really liked her. And so I prayed, and I said, Lord, what should I do? And, and she's like, ask her. Ask her. And my friend, uh, I, had a, I had a couple of friends that gave me some advice. And the thing was, like, well, I'll ask her. And then it's solved because if she says yes, great, but she's going to say no. But then when she says no, it's good. It's done. Like, I don't have to. Yeah. So I did. When I asked her, I said, look, I'm going to go out with you, be my girlfriend. But it's, you know, if you say no, it's, yeah, it's okay. We can be friends. She said no. And that was fine. And I was good with that. You said, I want to go out with you and be my girlfriend? Straight away. Yeah. Because it seems like there's a, you, you jump to step 10 of the 10 step. Yeah, I did. I jumped to step ten. I wanted her to be my girlfriend. I was that's exactly what I wanted. Wow. Yep. Because I really liked her. And I also knew she would say she was gonna say no to it, so what was the you know, who cares? So um she said no and so a few weeks passed and a horrific thing. You asked her like that. No, she would have said no. She would have said it was not so a few weeks passed and I as horrors of horrors I still liked her. So I was like, ah so I was very frustrated because I was like, why do I still like her? She doesn't want to go out with me, so I shouldn't still like her. So I complained to God. I said, God, I still like her. What's the thing? Cause, and he's like, ask her again. And I'm like, oh, she's going to say no. What is the point of that? And he said, get her a red rose, sing her a song, and tell her that you're not going to ask her anymore. And that if she wants to go out with you, she has to ask you. That's what God said. Get her a red rose and sing her a song. Yeah, wow. And and he told me exactly because I said because after he told me to ask her, I said you got to tell me exactly what to say exactly, and he did. So as it turns, so I did, and I took her red rose. Turns out, rose is her favorite uh, flower, it's, and it's red was her favorite. Amazing that you hear from God so clearly that you understand. 
Well, we're not under the law. We're led by the what Spirit now. New Testament, New Covenant. So you have the Spirit. So if you wait and listen, you can begin to discern the voice of the Lord like, like you know, sheep with a shepherd. Yeah, so. that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, okay, cool. so what happened? You give her the rose. Yeah, it was her favorite thing, yeah. And then I went and to sing song? to her, but she would have none of that. No. Ooh. Denied. And then, um, so... I said, listen, I don't want to... why would God tell you to, to sing? Yeah, I know, right? But we get to that later. Oh. So, so I, then I said, okay, it's good, and I, I'm not going to ask her anymore, ask her anymore. And so if you want to go out with me, then, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to come to me, so I won't bother you. Which later I found out was really good because she hated it when guys, like, over-pursued. So yeah. it was good. So I just that was it for me. It was that was it. And so um, I went off on outreach to Solomon Islands, building um, do with community development, doing building a water system, helping this village, and it was amazing, great outreach. Although I got malaria, it was sucky, and I was all skin and bones when I came back. Literally skin and bones. Wow. I was looked like a refugee with my head too big, and I almost died that day. Yeah. Yeah, my temperature went to over one one oh seven and a half. This is high as the temp- thermometer went. And my temperature went to that high. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Maybe it was your imagination saying that you should sing her a song. Like, how um, do you know maybe. that? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, you know, part of learning to discern the voice of the Lord is you've got to wait and you get used, to, you know, like a sheep with a shepherd. It's not an exact science. So, absolutely. What song were you going to sing? I don't even remember okay. now. But I'll come back to yeah. that point. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help. She, she was very confused. It was not that song. While you are singing about Rhonda. <laughs> so, help me, Rhonda. I'm skipping over a, a bunch of stuff that happened otherwise to stick to this story. Yes. The romance. So a bunch stick of other stuff happened. Stick to one thing in your life. So, uh, so I came back. I, I had malaria. I looked like a refugee child. And... Um, she took pity on you. Oh. Yeah, we... So we started to hang out a bit again. There was a reason. Our group of friends were now the similar. We were university students there, so we had a similar yeah. group of friends. And we were at somebody's house. We watched a movie, and we were watching three movies. So wow. after a couple of the movies, somebody's like, oh, awesome. massage each other's back, like a massage train. We did that, and then, okay, then do the partner. Well, she happened to be not sitting next to me, but the nearest person to me away. So, so I massaged her shoulders, and I was like, oh, this is breaking the friendship lines. <laughs> Oh, so snap. she, the next day, called me, and she's like, I, I want to talk to you. And I was like, oh. Oh, no. I, she's mad. Yeah, mad. This is the last wow, time I She was, like, out of your league. Way oh, out of my league. Christina. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we met at the Plaza of Nations, which is Fountains, and I went there. I had my apology, like a half an hour of apologizing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. And then after that, she said, that's fine, but that's not what I want to talk to you about. And so then I was like, oh. And I was kind of bemused, like, what's happening? And she says, I, I like you, but I don't really want to. And then she walked away. Mm-hmm. And my stomach went to jello. I was like, literally, I was like, jello. I like, like you, but I don't really want to. Yeah, that, exactly. So I went back to my room, to my roommates, and uh, my roommate... My roommate Greg, he's. I told them what happened because they knew I liked her, and I said, "This happened. What does that mean?" And Greg's like, "Love is in the air." You had that malaria so body. Yeah. Well, this is so. This is now like a month later. I was getting a little better, but I was still pretty thin. And then the other guy said, "No, whatever, blah blah blah." And then the third guy said, "Look, you got to pray about it and and you know think about it." So because yeah, you got to. 
So, <clears throat> um, I prayed, I prayed that night, that my verse, I was reading, like every day I read a chapter and that chapter that I was reading right then was in Ephesians about uh, marriage and how do you take your wife? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I asked God, well, what, like, give me a verse about it. And I, I'm not really big on just finding verses for things like that's not me at all, but God gave me a verse in uh, in, in Isaiah, and he did, I think, specifically because it was the con- it was way out of context in the midst of like some harsh judgment, but it was about who will I give this gift to, the man who honors me, like knows knows and obeys my voice, and so, um, which to me it was obvious what this giving a, the great gift was. It was Ruth, and so because that's my question. So. Um, yeah, so then we talked. We said, right, let's meet down at where we used to. I was telling you before, we used to go in walks to the, uh, this, um, so, yeah, so, uh, no, down by the beach oh, on yeah. this wall. So when we were, as we were, like, over the, this is over the course of, like, a number of months, we'd, uh, you know, we'd walk or talk or whatever, and that's where we'd gone down there to talk or whatever. So let's go down there. And so we sat on the wall, and, um, and, uh, basically she, Asked if she'd be your girlfriend because she knew I wasn't going to ask her, and she said, "Well, um, I want to be, you know, I, I like you." When I was on outreach, and I would kept talking about you, and wow. her friends pointed out that maybe she liked me, and so she did. But granted, at this time, I had a mohawk with the <clears throat> beaded tail, and I was a funky California boy, yeah, and I had like a ankle chain, and I was like. Just, you were the bee's knees. Well, I was cool very cat. psychotic compared to her from <laughs> Midwest. Oh, you know, where you yeah. don't even wear, like, you know, you don't even have a little tail or, like, uh-huh. very, very, very conservative. So I was way outside. And I was, and she's, like, a straight-A student. Bad she, boy. Had a, she had, like, an, a perfect GPA. And, you know, you know my history of not goodness. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was, I was not, I was not what she really was looking for. But she liked me. So then we sat there for half an hour as the sun set, and it was just amazing and beautiful. And then I said, well, I'm going to have to pray about it. (laughs) (laughs) And she was really unimpressed. (laughs) Were you joking? No, no, because I had really... You had guarded your heart. Yeah, I guarded my heart, and there was like... You don't want to be hurt again. Yeah. No, it wasn't her. I kind of knew she wasn't the one, but that's what it was. It was like, okay, if she's not the Mm -hmm. one... And that's but I I mean I kind of knew she was the one but I was like not I just really put it aside right because to consciously think about it every day would be you know it's would be not productive so um, I just I thought she was the one but I figured well God will do it when He does it so I went and prayed about it and um, yeah that, and that's when I got got the verses and things and uh, God spoke to me so we. I said yes and then we had and that was also full moon as well every. Uh, and we got married under a full moon. Everything was under a full moon. And our daughter, our first wow. daughter's name, Mihailani, actually is Hawaiian word for full moon. Yeah. Interesting. She will be a bright light in a dark place was the word of the Lord for her. Did not know that. That's a nice detail. Wow. Even in, in the Hawaii college, you you didn't uh, like it? You weren't a good student? I, I did a four-year school in three years, never took a break, just went straight through it because... I saw the necessity of it, and there was things that I liked as far as you know, like missions the and, and, and the application. Yeah, 
but yeah, I, I, it wasn't until I was just about to graduate till I learned how to actually study and did better student. I was on academic probation for a year. Hi, Karimba. Yeah, so I'm not like... So um, what was the degree in? Counseling. Yeah. Counseling? Yeah. Interesting degree. Yeah, because that was my weakness in Mexico was all these issues and problems with Christians, and I didn't know what to do about it. So it, I got my degree in that because it was... I was I was horrible at it. Well, so how how did you get married in Hawaii? Yeah. Yep. So how soon after um, we graduated? Meet uh, you know. Oh, you, so, you you officially started dating. And yeah. how soon after that did you get married? So we officially started dating, and then um, I went away shortly after that to Honolulu. I did, did a, bib, a school biblical study, studying the Bible there. It was a part of the university. The university is like on one hundred and twenty different. In countries. Yeah. So when I was there on Valentine's Day, I got a letter, a Dear John letter <laughs> from her. Wow. Sucky. And so I. Ultimatum? It was just she was wanted to break up with me and I didn't know what to do. And so I talked to my um, school leaders there and I prayed. And I said, God, what do I do? And God, I said, You gotta tell me what to say. He said, Tell her that you. Um, you understand, and that you'll be the one to break up, and that you could still be friends. I was like, okay, that doesn't sound really good. And I had, uh, <laughs> I had a malaria relapse also at that time, so I was, I found out I was an academic probation. Oh, cry me a river, Brian. And I only needed one more thing to graduate, but I couldn't take it because I wasn't eligible grade-wise. I had malaria relapse, and my girlfriend was breaking up with me, so it was, it was I was kind of like depressed. It was, it, it was kind of in theme with this also kind of, I was going to have to deal with this depression thing that was going to happen. So, so did you guys take a break? No, no. So I called her, payphone, back back in the day, payphone, and I called her up and said, hello, I said, hello, I said, listen, I got your letter. I understand that, um, you know, you, whatever, don't like whatever one else, but I said, but I, but she'd always had to be the one to break up. And she hated that. I said, I'll be the one to break up. I'll be the one, you know, and that's okay. And we can still be friends. And she didn't say anything. She just hung up. Mm -hmm. So I had a friend who came to visit me, Mike Wong, the guy who had led me to the Lord. He came out to visit me at that time. And uh, it was Easter weekend. And it was a long weekend. And so he came, and then we went to the Big Island where Ruth was. But we didn't see her. She was teaching. She had to teach Thursday and Friday. She didn't get him off. So Thursday and Friday, me and Mike hung out. I showed him everything, the island, and I... And it was good because I went to the academic people and I said how I was doing in the class. I got off academic probation and I got enrolled in the last class I needed to graduate. And so it was fantastic because that's why I kind of went there. But Mike was with me, so we did touristy things. And then after we did touristy things, he had to leave on fr it was Friday afternoon, which we were going to go back. To, but that's when Ruth got off work was Friday afternoon. She had the weekend, so it was kind of a bummer. We wouldn't get to spend any time together or like see her. But Mike left me some money, and so I was like, oh, I could stay the weekend. So um, what happened was um, I went on the plane with Mike, uh, or I wanted to go on the plane. What I wanted to do was take him to the airport like I was leaving, and her roommate came, and she was getting off the plane. It's like a very small, like, just one plane town, so... And so I, there was a girl there that I knew had a broken leg, and I said, I'll, I'll, can I take her on the plane? So I did, so her roommate didn't know that I wasn't, 
you know, I faked like I was leaving, like actually got on the plane, didn't wait till she left, got off the plane, hitchhiked back into town, knocked on Riz's door, and I went inside, and so I surprised her. that I, I'm staying for the weekend. So, as it turns out, when we were on the phone together, she had prayed, Lord, if you want us to, if this is the guy you want for me, then, then he has to say this exact sentence. Ding, 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 ding. And it was the exact thing God had told me to say that I said on the phone. And that's why she just didn't say anything and hung up. And so Which she... Which was, you know, you don't have to break up with me. I, I'll, I'll break up with you. Break we can still you. be friends. Exactly. Yeah, it was exact, exactly what she like laid down this fleece. Wow. So she was kind of... She thought it was a one in a million. It will never happen. So when I said that exact thing, she didn't know what to say. just hung up. So she told me that. And what she told me then was she said, you know... Um, really what I wanted, I said, I, I really didn't, you know, in a roundabout way, I really didn't, didn't like you per se, but what I, but I really, what I, but I, what I really wanted was somebody who hears the, who hears and knows the Lord is what she really, really, really wanted. And so she realized that that was me. Like I wasn't whatever. I mean, she liked like. Like physically, she was, you know, relatively attracted to me, but, but it, she had options. Yeah, but she had Not options of anybody. Yeah, but of all the guys, she wanted somebody that she knew knew the Lord, and could hear him and and, and, and obey him, and that's what happened. So she's like, yes. wow. yeah. So it was very. You cool. just felt like that's what you should say to her on the phone. Yeah, God was put that on my heart. Like yeah. this is the exact thing to say. So then I said, you know what? So. Did you ever sing to her? Well, we're getting there. So okay. <laughs> we went, drove around the island. So Mike had given me money. So we rented a car, went around the island, went to the beach, saw the sunset, had the perfect day, went back to her place. We're sitting in the hot tub, and it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, I could, I could marry you. And she's like, yeah, I could marry you too. And so I was like, she's like, well, you have to talk to my dad. I was like, all right. So called up her parents, woke them up in the middle of the night, da 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 you hadn't even been dating that long. No, no, not like three <laughs> months. So then uh, I asked them, so I went out, and this is the part of the story that's horrible. I wanted to find this perfect place on this beach, but it was like late at night, and, was, and I couldn't find it. So we got lost, and ended up proposing by the side of the road. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, Without yeah. a ring or anything. Just yeah, it was... From the heart. It, well, it was, yeah, from the heart, but I, but I screwed that part up horribly. And it was a point of uh, pain for <laughs> to this present day. You're usually so articulate. Yeah, well, this was horrific. Well, anyways, but she said yes, so that was great. And then, so the next day... Wait, after you called her dad? Yeah, after I called her dad, then we went, drove and found the... Didn't find, whatever. Dad's like, who the hell are you? No, he actually said he has four daughters and a son. And so his daughter's always like dating all these guys, whatever. But none of them are married. And his response was, well, thank God that one of them's getting married. <laughs> he was happy. So wow. then the next day at the ghost center. Are you guys they, the same age? Uh, I'm two years older than her. So okay. I was 22 and she's 20. Yeah. And so um, they in, the in the, in, yeah, in the uh, ghost center is this big form we have for, oh, we use it for all kinds of stuff. But they have a beautiful piano in there. And ever since I was little, I always play the piano. But I don't really, I'm not good at it. And I failed music at Moorpark shocking mm -hmm. but I can play one song that I've been working on 
since I was like a teen, uh, since I was, that Wade actually helped me learn partially. And then I just, I thought, this is going to be the song for whoever I marry. I just, I knew that. And it's all I could play. So I, we went into the, that place and I was like, oh, I just want, I have something for you. So she sat down and I went to the piano. Now she had sacrificed. She wanted really one of her dreams was somebody that was musical, especially the piano, but I had no idea. Oh. But she sacrificed it because she knew I had zero musical ability. So the song part of it was, going back to that, that it was a, uh, it didn't have to be like a voice song, like a, yeah, I mean, I, did, I didn't really yeah. think about it. I was just like, oh, I'll just sing her song. So I played this song, and it's beautiful. Oh, it's really, man. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful. And she cried. It was really good. And then she told me her part of it. That, oh my gosh, I had sacrificed that. Did you write the song? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I just, yeah. Nice. So, so that's for her. Good for you. So, Sing me a song of the piano, man. So that's that tale. And then from, from being engaged, how long until you get married? Uh, uh, about three more months. Wow. Yeah, yeah three months, June. Moved things uh, along July 1st. quickly. Yeah, because... Couldn't wait, I see. No, no, exactly. Only bad things can happen for long engagements. Yeah. Yeah. Little motivated. Not so little. To get the ball, get the ball rolling. A little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As could quick as we could. As yeah. quick as we could do it, yeah. Waited 22 years. Well, I was just, uh, just turned 23. Our birthdays are, her birthday is 17th, mine's the 24th, and July 1st is our anniversary. And you know, when you live in Hawaii, where do you go really for a honeymoon? I mean, you're Australia. already there. You're already there. Well, Kauai's the most beautiful island. We went there, <laughs> we went to Oahu, we went to Australia, we went to Brisbane, we went to Sydney, to Cairns, then we went to Oahu. Oh, for the honeymoon? You went to five places? More than that. Then we went three weeks in Los Angeles. How could you afford that? Three weeks in California, then back to another month in Los Angeles, then Oahu for a weekend, and then Picture three more months back in Kona of honeymooning. How did you afford it? Because so her people, we just asked for money. We didn't. We, we knew we weren't going to have like a home or anything. We just asked for money for our as wedding presents. And so her you, grandmother you like traveling. We like traveling, and her Both grandmother like died traveling. and left. Left. They her family paid the, the whole wedding and oh. the whole yeah. Uh, oh, so you even got a dowry? Kind of, but we. Hey, yeah. where are you going? I'm going to have another beer. Oh, man. Is that bad? Well, you're leaving Actually, the microphone. Oh, oh, say stuff. Hello, stuff. Uh, I, well, I know Chris missed your wedding because he missed his flight. Chris so, got... That's a shame. Uh, are we recording? Uh, Chris, <laughs> I don't want to say negative things about Chris. But well, you know. He made up for it by living with you for seven years. He was around. Did your mom make the wedding? Sister, anyone else from your side of the family? My sister was one of the groom's ladies, maids of honors, <laughs> and my mom was there. Yeah. Who was your best man? My best man was uh, Randy Thomas. Nice. Yeah, and um, and who was the maid of honor? Uh, her best friend, who I forget, I've never seen her since or before. Wow. Yeah. This was a nice wedding. Beautiful. I have pictures in Hawaii, sunset behind us, wow, outdoors. Wow, mom and Lisa made it out. That's nice. Yeah, it was beautiful. A fantastic wedding. Well, good for you, man. Yeah, with a with like a five month honeymoon. Oh yeah, long long honeymoon. What was your favorite part about the honeymoon? Um, oh, I can guess. Don't answer <laughs> it's that. Not what you're gonna. Not what you Don't think. answer that. Okay. <laughs> <I can. laughs> um, 
that's probably a good place to put a pin in it. Yeah, we we um, there is a couple other things that have happened in the last uh, thirty years, nearly thirty years. Well, or twenty-seven years. That's what part three is about. Yeah, I got to part three. You know. So that's good. This gets us up to the wedding and up to Hawaii, and then yep. at this point, YWAM has not entered the equation. Oh no, that's YWAM. That, the University of Nations is part of YWAM. Oh, okay, okay. So now we got married. We've been in YWAM like three years. Oh, now, so you got a job with YWAM right out of yeah, yeah, the school. Yeah, yeah. So we started came on staff right away because she was a teacher. She's yeah. She, what, well, what she, job did, did, she wasn't quite finished her degree yet. So, but when she finished it and she started teaching preschool. Well, what job did sure. you get right out of school with YWAM? Um, I worked for. I mean, you went to Malaysia. No, I went to. Uh, well, I'd already gone. I was working with Open Doors uh, for a bit. Before, I still don't know what you do exactly. Well, with Open Doors, was smuggling Bibles into China. That was and that was. You did that. I did that back yes. in the rectum. No. <laughs> Well, uh, all over my where body. Where else do you I, smuggle? <laughs> uh, my suitcase and yeah, hanging all over my body, but not inside body parts. Okay, because they're like good. Bibles and I, stuff. Well, so. that's rather large. Yeah, that's a large thing to fit <laughs> without lube. I'm saying. Yeah. So, what'd you do for YWAM on the island? <laughs> um, so I was uh, a lot this. of different things, but. The first, I'm trying to remember, the first thing I did was work with a guy named Fraser Howe, maybe, doing a... Okay, I'm not going to question you, so just make it up. A worldview stuff, uh, I think, for a brief time. Uh, I then, don't know what any of those words mean. Uh, like teaching uh, presuppositional belief systems, basic, bottom line belief, hardcore, big questions of life. To kids? Yeah, whoever. Well, we had a project in Sweden, but it didn't work out, so... Okay. I moved so on to communication department. We were going to do, well, how you think okay. through issues. And the issue in Sweden was there was a convention of about uh, stewardship of the earth. So okay. we were coming with a biblical Christian position of uh, stewardship of the earth, right? But that humans still had more value than things and the earth itself. Mm-hmm. So you didn't, the earth, put, didn't put the earth above people or animals above people. But as but we should. Well, with YWAM, was there like a, a charity aspect, like a, you know, feeding people, clothing, gathering. Yeah, we have t- we have supplies, thousands kind of, of all poor. kinds of ministries all over the place. So it's a big variety of huge variety. So, so I had already in my university with YWAM, I had already done traveling. Uh, I mean, we kind of skipped over that. Those what I did there, but. We had like in Solomon Islands, we did um, water projects, um, built a water system with villages and uh, like in the jungle, like literally with machete through virgin jungle, built a water tank, built piping with them and taught them how to do it. And uh, I, we did, uh, um, we were doing um, surveying mm-hmm. when we practiced it, and then we actually had to do it later on the, on the outreach. But where you surveying is where you have the numbers and it's the depth, how far versus the, the change. In, in nice. the, well, they said I did it really well. And they said that that was a, if you remember, you recall, I failed out of pre-algebra. Mm-hmm. In, uh, I, I had do. In the summer before high school. Well, then I failed it in high school. Then I failed it at Moorpark. And then I failed it again at uh, Pierce. 
Mm-hmm. So I never got past algebra. But this was when you survey is trigonometry. So he said, oh, you're doing the surveying really well. Interesting. And he said, you're really good at trigonometry. And I was like, no, I can't do that. He said, well, this you are doing it. So it turns out I learn better when I'm actually doing the thing. So in the Solomon Islands, there was a village that asked us for their, where they get their water. It was a spring. And then they had to carry it up. So we, we hiked to this village. It took us three days' hike to get to the village. We had to go by canoe and then hike. And then we got there, and then we had took us two days of surveying through the jungle with the pipe, the, you know, where you sight, you see the thing, write down the numbers. We had three pages of numbers in the jungle over crossing rivers, crossing stuff, dealing with snakes, the whole bit. We got there, and then we're sitting in the hut with the chief and the whole, the chiefs and the, the whole village, and nice. the whole thing is coming down to what our numbers are. And Lowell, who my leader, he said, okay, for me to do the numbers because I was better at it. So here I am doing math, trigonometry, and the, the fate of this village hanging in the balance. And all I could think of was in my math class where I was sitting, I hate doing math, and what's the point of this, and I'll never have to use it. And now you're using and it. And now the fate hanging in the balance. Well, that's a great story. Brian, it's a great wedding. I'm glad you lost your virginity. That's a great story. <laughs> the whole thing is great. Yeah. So when we return, folks, yeah, we return. seven years in Hawaii, you spent that magic number of well, seven. No, no, more than seven. So, oh, more than seven. Lots and lots of years. Well, ten years in Hawaii. When we return, we will... Well, Brian's going to figure out, because he's good at math, how many years he spent in Hawaii. There's going to be some trigonometry involved, but he's going to figure it out. I'll figure it out. And that will be on the next episode of the Brian Golden Story. (laughs) 